Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody. And it's Friday, so it's time for our Grow Guides. In this Grow Guides, we're going to be answering some questions at the end about electrical safety, uh, about living soil, what's the difference between living soil and super soil, and, and some other questions that we got in from our listeners. If you want us to answer any questions you might have on the next Grow Guides, then you can send us an email at highonhomegrown at gmail.com and we'll be able to cover it on next week's show. Or you can go over to percysgrowroom.com and you can find us in the live chat there. There's a special room just for high and homegrown questions and you can drop one in there. But for now, this grow guide is all about preparing for your first grow, how to set things up, what to consider before you do it. And next week, we're going to discuss the basic equipment you need for growing your own cannabis. That's indoors or outdoors. It's all going to be very easy and nice, easy to follow structure for anybody to learn how to grow their own cannabis from scratch, from knowing absolutely nothing you'll be able to grow your own plants and get to harvest by following the series that's coming up now. So this is part one. I hope you enjoy the rest of it. Stay tuned every Friday, every week. There'll be more grow guides and more listener questions. So join us every Friday. I hope you enjoy this one. Let's do it. Yes, yes, everybody. And welcome to the grow guide section of High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast. Anyway, this week we're talking about how to plan your first grow, not necessarily your first grow, you know, just resetting up again and thinking about how you're going to grow indoors or outdoors, how many plants do you need to grow? So how many, how much space do you need? What kind of, uh, what kind of tent you might get? Where are you looking for extraction and ventilation points? If you're going to grow indoors and things like that, there's just certain things that you want to look into and do some research into before you start buying gear and preparing the actual grow. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode of Grow Guides. So there's a lot to cover, really. I mean, we won't go into too much detail about equipment and things like that, because that's for a future episode. We're going to take you step by step through everything you need to do to grow your own supply of cannabis. What, what would you say was the first thing, first thing you need to look into? How to like assess how much you need to grow? How much weed do you smoke? And how many plants do you need to grow in order to cover that amount of weed? That's yeah, the first thing. Most important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one that's often overlooked too. Most people don't use that as a metric. Mm-hmm. Um, how much weed do I want to smoke or do I smoke? And then base it on that. But it's, it's, yeah, that's the best way to do it. The very hard thing to do as well is if you're trying to base things like that, because again, if you're in an illegal country, you might only be able to afford to buy, say, a queue a week. So that's what you smoke a week. But when you actually grow it, you might be more likely to smoke half or three quarters of an ounce or maybe even an ounce a week because you have loads of it there. So you always have to kind of multiply it out just a little bit, if you know what I mean. Because Yeah, when you smoke, when you grow your own, you're going to smoke more. But that's that's what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. Like if, if you're... If you're doing it to say, right, I only smoke a, ha- a quarter a week, that's an ounce a month. So they're saying, right, well, a 60 by 60 would do me but one plant and that will do me for a thing. But then all of a sudden they have it and the weed is gone in a month, mm-hmm. you know, because they've smoked it all. That's what I mean. You just you have to multiply it out. Well, because you will smoke more than what you I almost now. I almost argue that the, the smoking more part of being a grower is almost a function of just growing more. So 
if you limit yourself to only growing X amount, you're not going to be able to smoke more just, you know, because you won't have that mm-hmm. much more. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's why I smoke as much as I do, because I just, I have no limit because I can't smoke more than I have before my next crop is done basically. So for me, I just, that's why I smoke more. But um, if I, if there was a limit, I definitely would titrate a lot more, I think, and limit myself, you know, if I didn't produce as much. And again, where you are in the world can dictate that too, because for me, I have an entire room with five fucking tents in there blowing straight out the window, not giving a shit. But, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you can't be as open about it, then yeah, you're going to need to, you know, balance your needs with your actual, you know, what you yeah, can yeah. actually do in the space you have. So. Because you necessarily want about two square foot for each plant you grow, right? Mm. So it's like yeah. Yeah, 60 centimeters by 60 centimeters for each plant. And this is why you find uh, a lot of grow tents would be four foot by four foot, about 1.2 meters by 1.2 meters. That's a, a good size to have because you can put, put four decent sized plants in there. Mm-hmm. And for each of those plants, you should look at at least three to four ounces. Right. Well, maybe even, you know, six, seven ounces. It depends how well you do, what, what medium you grow in. But you want to be aiming for minimum, you know, don't overestimate it because it's better to have a low estimate and then if you grow more then you've got extra that's cool but if you need it for medicine and shit you don't want to have not enough so but balance it out for how much you get at least and then anything on top is a bonus yeah if it's your first grow you can't expect obviously to like you know be on the high times cover with pound pound per plant kind of shit mm-hmm. everybody uh, has so that dream though you, know? you might but that you know, takes it takes time and practice to get to to yeah. get big big crops you know it and, and it takes a lot of fucking learning mm-hmm. you know like you have to do a lot of fucking research and things fuck in order up a lot to do too it. yeah mm-hmm. it's the best way but yeah again it's like when you're planning shoot for i guess yeah like greenbird says you know overestimate maybe a tad just uh you know but again, there's not a lot of variation in tent sizes either. You can, you know, two by two to three by three to four by four. It's not like you can really, and if you don't have to fill the whole tent either, remember too. So, mm-hmm. no, but yeah. that's why, because Better I have I too much going, space, then not enough. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I split mine down in, instead of having a five by five. I said, well, if I have a three by three and a two by two, it's giving me two separate grow spaces. It's halving it down a bit, but if I can keep it in a perpetual, Mm-hmm. And if I can keep it moving and keep it on a, a solid stream going, you, you can kind of walk in small spaces like that. Like there's a guide over at Percy's about how you can assess this. So you can head over to Percy's grow room and it's got all the information there. And it's uh, yeah. if you just hover over guides and then the basics in the menu, you'll see starting a grow there. And you'll be able to just click that. It takes you to this nice article that explains a lot of this stuff to you. So, yeah, an important metric you mentioned actually is how much you expect to get per plant. And if, like I grow in three gallons pretty much consistently, sometimes a four, but 90% of the time I'm in three. And I, I usually expect about three ounces per plant. That's me. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a newer grower wouldn't wouldn't do quite as well. Um, but that's that's not a huge amount either. So but that metric definitely helps to like obviously, you know, okay, I smoke four, you know, or four ounces a month and it takes me four months to 
get a crop. So I need four times four is 16 ounces to last me. Mm -hmm. And then you just divide that by however many three ounce plants you're going to need to produce that and then go from there. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So then you need the space for that. And depending on how many plants you need, you know, it's best to have at least two foot by two foot square for each plant to grow. But bear that in mind when you're thinking about the amount you the amount of plants you're willing to grow because most places it's still illegal to grow cannabis so you know you need to be careful and think about your plant numbers as well if you're growing 50 plants you're going to get fucked for commercial cultivation and shit so you have to take that into consideration you know the legality of where you live and mm-hmm. if you have a license to grow 24 then it's not a problem you know you can pick out all the space you need but do take legislation in, into account because it's risky and you have to try and avoid getting caught obviously you don't want to have your property damaged you don't want to lose your freedom you don't want to have crazy fines you know there's all different consequences that can come from the old bill finding out and even more consequences coming if you know the uh, wrong kind of people find out it's not just the police you have to worry about so this is something that people have to do as well a risk assessment you know how much risk is it is it worth the risk to you and most of the time it's worth the risk, man, because you can keep it quiet and people won't find out about it anyway. If you just have a couple of tents in your room, you know, a small grow, people don't find out about it. And then there's very little risk. There's ways to oh, yeah. mitigate. Yeah. You know, yeah. we always talk about the three rules. That's a huge part of your risk mm-hmm. or mitigating said risk. But yeah, I mean, depending on where you are, depending on, um, yeah, well, really, depending on even even in a legal area, you know, you might live in a crappy part of town where if anybody, you know, people are lurking and they smell weed and they come and oh, that happens. Oh, yeah, they kick your door in for for yeah, yeah, yeah. Crop, you know, or the yeah, outdoor people stealing outdoor. You got it yep. in your backyard in the summer. That too, yeah. So there's lots of things to consider um, mm-hmm. for sure, but it's situation dependent for sure. So you gotta again, like Mackie said, know your your legal situation in whatever country you happen to be in and uh and kind of go from there i guess it it also depends how risk averse you are too not encouraging anybody that's like you know not doesn't want to get into this like don't do anything you don't want to do but that definitely there even me you know in a legal country there's risk for me to do this you gotta try and keep your ass covered people don't need to know about that shit only you need to know about it that's it keep it safe I mean, the next thing that needs to be taken into consideration, which is, you know, it's something that is restricted for most people nowadays, is the budget, man. Exactly. Even if it is legal and you have all the space, you might not have the money you need to yeah. set this now, shit up. Here is a little snippet for uh, if you're budget conscious. Your biggest expense is buying weed. So you can buy a cheaper light to get you through the forced harvest. Once you have your forced harvest, think of the money that you save. You put the money from your forced harvest with what you save on buying weed. If you put that towards an epic light then, it means you always have a backup light. Mm-hmm. But it's cheap. You don't have to buy a top, top of the range or you can buy a good, cheap budget light just to get you started. Because that's the most expensive part of a grow. Man, even... If it's if spring is coming and summertime is coming, then yeah, you know you can plant outside. seeds outside, mm-hmm. just straight into the ground. When sunlight will grow them, you barely you just water them when they need it, and it'll do the whole fucking thing for pretty much free. You just have to do it at the right time. You know anybody can grow plants for nothing. You just need the seeds, man. You just need the seeds or a cutting, and you can get seeds cheap online. Cheap, man. 
no, a fiver, and you can have a seed and buy a, a pack of five for 25 quid, and you'll be able to grow huge plants out of that shit for your ounces and ounces of weed that'll save you a fortune. And then you can save that money over the winter time and get yourself a nice light for Christmas and shit like that. You know, but plan the whole year out and just make sure that it's got realistic, achievable goals. And you can do this for free pretty much just from the money you save by not, not going out and buying dodgy weed. Or even if it's legal where you are, the, the weed in dispensaries is still not your weed. The best shit will be your homegrown. Yeah, I mean, for me, outdoor growing, you know, would be great, but it's just too risky down here where mm-hmm. I am. It's just too many busy bodies. Everybody's looking over, over the yeah. fence. Everybody wants to know what you're doing. Uh, well, those things. So, I mean, a big part of planning your first grow for me was trying to figure out where I'm going to be able to fit this indoor kit, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that helped me determine a lot about what my first grow was going to look like. Mm-hmm. How much space can I allocate? Yes, I do have a spouse. And so I actually wanted to get her permission, if you will. In mm-hmm. other words, buy in on the program because, you know, hey, from doing something illegal, it's, it's illegal for both of us. Mm-hmm. So I had I got a spouse's buy-in on mine. That was a very important part of my uh, my whole situation. That way, it keeps the security, like you're talking about, very very tight. You know, she's not going to tell her friends that she's pissed off at me for growing weed and it doesn't get out the house. And basic things like that is communication with, with that and planning to grow based on space and then based on need. Yeah. Um, trying to keep it as tight a budget as you can is great, like GB said, but. You know, the, one of the hugest traps that a new grower or somebody trying to plan a new grow gets into is trying to cut too much. You know, that's planning for me. Planning my grow was basically what am I what am I willing to invest as far as space, time and cash in this first grow? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fell into a, many of the same traps that every pe- everybody falls in planning their first grow. You underestimate, like GB said, and, you know, and then uh, overestimate. My, my abilities and my skill levels, of course, you know, like, like most new growers do. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to get that, you know, half pound off of a first plant your first time around and didn't even come close. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, and, and the biggest part of the thing that we haven't touched in yet on as a new grower, and, and it's going to sound as corny as you can be, but find a good grow community. And I recommend Percy's because mm-hmm. that's where you're going to get the best information and the best support. Yeah, growing weed illegally is kind of a lonely thing you can't talk to anybody about yep. it especially if you're following those rules but if you come to percy's we're all anonymous and i still don't know any fucking it. growers here man and it's legal like yeah it's not a common <laughs> thing even in spaces yeah. you know so or find find a community man it's good yeah yeah you know? don't take 10 years like me to learn this shit just come into percy's and fucking learn it all Ask and then take step by step yeah yeah, yeah. There's so there's so much involved with trying to set up your first grow, mm-hmm. and it's intimidating as fuck. You know, if you don't yeah. know anything, people think it's really complicated and it's it's dangerous and all this shit. But it's it's really much easier than you think. And you know what? It's great to see so many people who are, especially like listeners to the show, who aren't even grown yet but they're part of the community. Yeah, they're yeah. over in Percy's. They're over there getting all the information in advance mm-hmm. and all, all the knowledge in advance of when they can get their grow going. And that's what a lot of people make the mistakes. It's, it's how I, I made so many mistakes when I started growing again. And I said, oh, I'll do this myself. And I was, I, 
took in the security aspect probably a bit too much and I'm the total opposite to it now because I'm fucking very loosey-goosey. But um, I didn't even want to join forums or things like that because I was overly cautious. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I understand that. So, but then when you fuck up so much, you end up going and you go to some wrong forums and they're just dickheads. And yeah, then you yeah. come to Percy's and they're all sound. You know? mm-hmm. I, I, I was talk about Jorge's Cannabis Encyclopedia. That's like the book that I learned a lot of my shit from, but mm. you can only go so far with that and you do need actual practical mm. experience and having somebody like a mentor to walk you along is uh, very helpful because it alleviates a lot of anxiety. Even with topping, you know, as, as new growers, we all know how fucking scared we were to hack the head off of that first plant the first time we did you know, it, you know? and now it's just so like oh they're ready have. pinch 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 there yeah you exactly so you have to look in as well uh, something that we're after we all forgot about your environment that you're growing in not the actual where you are but what the weather is like mm-hmm. because that can make a big difference like you look at tg now you think he's up in canada oh it's snowing up there oh humidity won't be a problem but yeah he it's like he's in a desert 14 percent in my tangent side it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's, and it's all things we're going to go into as we progress through the series as well yeah i know we might be being a bit brief with some of this but it's because there's so much to it little sections need to be broken down like you know what equipment is going to be best for your situation because everybody's situation is different no no two growers grow the same it'll be close yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. but everybody's different for different reasons the the environment of their country the condition their grow space is in what mm-hmm. they're growing in how many what kind of medium they're growing in it's just, available mm-hmm. to them to use you know mm-hmm. like super soil will be different when you build it in the uk than when you build it in canada so well, I'm listening to these guys from Australia talking about certain equipments not available there, mm-hmm. you know, certain yeah. things. So you got, yeah, got yeah. to tailor it to what you can get. The thing is, as well, you can always jerry rig. Like, this, uh, most of the stuff I have in my tents, and when I first started out, none of them, 90% yeah. of it didn't come out of a grow shop. Yeah, just MacGyver did it. It, mm-hmm. it was everything was MacGyver. I still have so much MacGyver shit. Mm-hmm. All, my, all my exhaust fans. They're just standard inline fucking fans that for, are for a bathroom. Like they're not anything fancy or yeah. any red scorpion or yeah. And yeah. They, they were cheap as chips, fucking piles of shite. They cost me 50 quid. Well, I was just gonna say, like that actually, to your point, is is one of my tenants is don't get pigeonholed into like mm-hmm. following the guide exactly because improvise. Improvise like even at my work, you know, I work oh, in the yeah. cannabis industry. They don't make stuff for the cannabis industry. Everything we have at work is like spatulas from Canadian Tire for food, right? But they're silicone, so they work exactly perfect for our our application too. Yeah. But they're not cannabis, so you got to kind of think outside the box a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, the grow shops, they only have, you know, what you basically need. And probably it's going to be overpriced. Probably you can find, well, not not everything. And there is something, you know, it's worth buying a lot of shit from specialized grow shops but again don't uh don't think you have to and uh especially depending on where you are 
Mm-hmm. A lot of the time as well, they will sell you the most expensive thing in the shop and say, this is, this will give you. Oh, yeah, there, that's, a we... one, that's a good one. That's a good one there, GB. You know, this Snake is important. Oil Everybody out there who is thinking about they're going to start doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Don't get any advice from the people in the grow shop, man. Just don't. Because the, there's some out there that do know about what they're talking about, but there are a lot who do not. And Most they will sell you shit and you'll be in a worse position. If you're starting to do this, you need to go to a community like monkey said sign up to Percy's grow room and ask for help there and we'll be able to fit you, help you figure out exactly what you need to do to get started now there's no dumb question over at Percy's you just got to go over and ask really you know, nobody gets treated like an idiot for being a noob and knowing nothing it was all there once you know we, we have to come over and ask for help I still ask stupid man I went into a vape shop like last week looking for a 510 battery for my my cartridge and I was like I need one of those cylinder things you know they screw <laughs> like the guy's like what what are you talking about like he didn't now i felt like really dumb because i didn't really know and he didn't make me feel stupid i just you know i'm temple grower on uh, you know. but <laughs> yeah even that, yeah you know, but when you nope. left the shop he turned around and oh did you see yeah. that <laughs> probably. he didn't know what he was talking about man <laughs> i would say he didn't because people do that all the time in my store they come yeah. in looking for the pen thingies or whatever they're called. <laughs> I mean, what do you call it? A battery or yeah, a battery? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Five ten thread battery. Five ten battery. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm gonna say next time then. So yeah, just don't be afraid because, like I say, I most people, especially when you go into a reputable shop, aka Percy's, are more than happy to help. They're not like. Like Marge said, people ask the question all the time, and I'm sure Marge doesn't go, "Ha ha, you fucking idiot!" You know, like, <laughs> no, no, I do not. <laughs> of course, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're different. We uh, we actually like to grow weed, and we actually like to help people grow weed. So we'll yeah. we'll talk to people about it. It just confuses people as well. When people get confused and, you know, it's like just this is too overwhelming, all this new gear, all these new brand names, all these need this size fan for this size hole for this size tent for this kind of plant. It's all overwhelming, man. And this is why it's good to get help and answers directly for the questions you have. That's an important thing. You know, you can read all the guides you want, but they might have that little bit of information that applies to you that you need an answer for. You're like, fuck, man, but this guy doesn't answer it. This guy doesn't answer it. And it's like, if you come to Percy's and ask the question, someone will be able to answer it for you specifically. And uh, that's a good trait, man. And, you know, I know there's some really great female growers out there. My missus is not one of them. And she really doesn't even want to know about growing. And I can go to Percy's and find somebody that actually wants to talk about it and get aggra- aggravated about, about me speaking about it. So that's a good part yeah. of that community over there. Well, you say Marge, Marge is out there. What would you, because uh, you're recently new to this, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was just thinking about Monkey's comments about the space, time and cash, because a lot of people are short on those things. Mm-hmm. And I would consider myself to be in that same category. So if you're thinking about doing a grow, whether it's your first one or you just your circumstances have changed, don't forget about the micro grow. Because oh, good idea. Uh, I just started a micro uh-huh. grow myself and they've just started to sprout up and I'm super excited about it. I don't have a lot of time, space or cash to throw out this thing, but a micro grow is like a really easy way to get started. And uh, a great mm-hmm. point. Actually, I did the yeah. metrics for mine that I'm running mm-hmm. and assuming I get three to four ounces out of the six plants I have in there, that'll cost me 25 cents a gram. Right? Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's crazy. So, and that's it, and it doesn't take dude. up for me the way I've set it up. It doesn't take up much space. And because they're so small, they don't take up much time either. So it's just, yeah. It doesn't you, have to be super complicated. No, micros are the best. Mine, mine are flowering already. In 17 days, they started, right? It's very a quick turnaround too. Right. Or, yeah. Which means that. you can do more of them. Yep. Yep. That's it. I mean, when you're saving that money, when you're not buying weed at stupid prices anymore, you put yeah. it away and pretty soon you get a decent yeah. tent, then you get a decent light, then you get, you know, some nice extraction and you just build yeah. it up over time, man. I started out in a 60 centimeter tent and now I've got a beast of a setup, man. If 10 years ago, I could have seen my setup. I would have been wild jealous of myself and be like, why oh, have shit, you got there? Dude. What the fuck is that? You know, it's like, but mm-hmm. it builds over time, man. Rome wasn't built in a day and your grow room yeah. won't be built in a day. It takes time. Yeah, and build your own grow room. Don't build somebody else's. You're going to want to do it your way. So mm-hmm. go ahead and do it your way. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I've been to six six different grow rooms in Oregon, six different people's grows. Mm-hmm. And each one is done so differently. I've seen ones hidden in closets. Like you open the two doors and it's like a fake back in it and it's a, like a big fucking tent. I've seen other ones where you have like parts of roofs the 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 attic space type thing and it's like a walls on both ends but it's not you open the chest of drawers and climb through a gap and then you're into like a small little hidden grow space you know there's some of them are fucking amazing like and all all unique yeah we did the fake closet there for a bit too mm-hmm. <laughs> like i i started out in the corner of the garage you know yeah and now i have a fully built porpoise grow grow room that is perfect to everything that i need it started in my closet in a dresser. Uh, I think I have pictures of it on Percy's somewhere. Like the first grow box I ever built was mm-hmm. in my in my room. And whenever my friends came over, they're like, oh, it fucking stinks in here. And I was like, oh, yeah. No filters. Uh, no, because well, I couldn't. I didn't have any filters or anything. So, yeah, it was like, I was, I'm surprised I didn't get caught. My landlords lived right above me, too. So I always had to have the vents <laughs> closed and shit. Yeah, you just leave piles of dirty laundry laying around and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but you know the, the the thing is everybody needs to remember when you're looking to learn how to grow it's that they want you to think it's complicated so you don't do it uh, now all these authority figures the the old bill and the government and that you know the tin foil yeah. preventers and shit even <laughs> the legal industry i'd argue doesn't want you to grow because no, it's so difficult they? yeah you know you know you need all this cow mag you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, don't get carried away. It's really fucking easy. It's a plant that's been growing for millions of years out in the wild by itself. Humans haven't been there that whole time. And it does a good job of it. So it knows what it's doing, man. Just give it what it needs. And all it needs is soil and water and some nice light and air. It doesn't need mm. the temperature to be dead on 25 degrees or the plant will die. You don't need to water it with this pH and these, this amount of nutrients dead on. Otherwise, it's going to die. It's nothing like that, man. It's really easy. And there's lots of buffers, little learning curves, but it's simple. And if you want to do it, fucking do it, man. Don't when let you, say, when mm-hmm. you say it grows anywhere, it literally grows anywhere. Yeah, uh-huh. like, We find hemp growing in literally rocks behind, behind work because we're a hemp processor. So we, uh, there's a shitload of seeds coming in on the... Uh, in bins and stuff for processing for hemp hearts but some of them obviously fall out and yeah they're just like growing out of gravel like how how Mm -hmm. there's no soil here there's it's it's literally hardest packed like shitty big rocks sand like 
It's, it it's magic, man. It's magic. I don't know, but they're there. They're, they look <laughs> awful, but they're there. Yeah. It's crazy, man. You know, you know, like life will find a way. One exactly. of those. And Ganja finds a fucking way, man. And, you know, if you just give it a little bit of along the way, it turns out into something pretty decent. And the best weed you're ever going to smoke is your own homegrown weed. You, Absolutely. You, when you don't need to leave the house to find it, that's fucking bonus, especially if you're in, in a, a country that still has prohibition. If you don't need to leave the house to find it, no, 15 minutes, I'm just around the corner, fam. You know, and he's never fucking showing up, not enough for a couple of days yet. But that you know how it goes, man. It's frustrating when all you have to do to go out and get weed is reach down to your jar and pick a butt out of it. Then it's all good, man. Save a lot of time, save a lot of money on traveling around, travel a lot of hassle and just traveling around trying to find it. Then it's a different level of quality because you will take it down at the right time when it's ready for harvest rather than when it looks done and ready for selling to somebody. It's a complete different quality. The taste, the high, the, the texture of the smoke, everything is much better about homegrown than the the weed you'll buy, man. Even legal weed, man. I, mm -hmm. Like I said, I was going to give some reviews on the stuff that I got, but ultimately my review is grow your own <laughs> Be <laughs> because it, it doesn't compare. Indeed. And th this stuff isn't the best on the market, but it's not the worst for sure. It's gotten decent reviews and it's just like, Really, I was. I actually had my hopes up for it, and it's just mm -hmm. no, there. no. What are you guys doing? Grow yeah. your own. It's the best way, man. It's just difficult for people to take that first step, either because of finances or just because they're afraid of being caught and shit like that. Yeah. And that's one thing that's you know it's easily avoidable. There's three rules to follow: where you don't tell. That means you don't tell, like anybody. For any reason whatsoever, if you want to talk about it, like Monkey says, come over to Percy's. We're all anonymous there. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. You don't tell anybody who you are, but you get to talk <laughs> about your weed all day long and even take pictures and be like, That's look it. at this. We I like can't pictures. believe it's alive. Look, look, That's it's still right. alive. We love seeing your pictures. <laughs> yeah, man. And then the second rule is, yeah, Monkey, you want to cover the second rule? Uh, no sell. That's right. Uh, basically, yeah. It doesn't matter how much you have. doesn't matter... If you need to get rid of it or not, if you don't sell it, you're not you're, you're, it's, you're not going to be a trafficker. Put it that way. You're, you're a lower target. If, if you if you're only growing weed for your own consumption, it is a victimless crime. That's as right, soon man. as you mm -hmm. start selling weed somewhere else, law looks at it like, OK, there's a victim involved here. It mm -hmm. changes the entire game. You want to keep the law off your back? Don't sell it, because if you sell it, you got to tell somebody. You're already selling? breaking the first rule. Exactly. exactly. Selling is a pain in the fucking ass. Too. That's very true as well. It's, it's, yeah, it's a pain in the fucking ass and not worth it. So No, it's really not worth it. You know, grow your own. Don't sell your weed. If you have extra, you know, share with a friend, make hash out of it, something like that. Maybe you can skip a rotation, whatever. Mm -hmm. No, if you want to stay anonymous and you want to keep, keep clean, don't sell. And March, you know what number three is? No smell. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you keep the smell down, then you're not going to alert the uh, people that come to your door to tell you about Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps you, it helps you remain discreet as mm -hmm. possible. Yeah, because, right. because the smell of a cannabis plant is different to dried bud or, you know, bud you're smoking. When it's it's growing and it it hits that stage of flower when it really fucking stinks, it's pungent. Oh, oh yeah, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 
Mm. And when you chop it down to harvest and you dry it and shit, my God, that it'll stink out your street and people will know the smell. <laughs> and that yeah. is just as bad as telling people about it. I'm going to get in shit when I go upstairs because of this. Yeah. Because it's my, so smelly. When I was chopping down my A472, I had the... Uh, it was in the garage, obviously, and I opened the garage door. And there's a good, probably 100-odd metres from the garage door to the back door of the house. Mm-hmm. That's where the other fella was. And whatever way the wind had blown, he just went, oh, my God. I was like, my God, damn, bang it up. I can smell that over here. I was like, oh, shit. Mm. <laughs> You always oh, yeah. have to be careful, and there's ways to keep this covered. You would use extraction, which sucks the air out of the tent, and that air gets pulled through a carbon filter. And a carbon filter is something that will remove the organic matter from the air and pretty much takes the smell out. And it massively reduces the smell going through, like leaking out from cannabis. Pretty amazing how well they work, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that will like take the smell out, and you can just vent that outside, and the smell's gone. You don't have to worry about it. So, because that's a big concern for a lot of people, it's like, how do you hide the smell? But once you find out about carbon filters, and you get a good carbon filter with the proper extraction, and you won't smell that shit, man. And your neighbors won't smell that shit. People visiting your house won't sell, smell that shit. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So, then three rules that don't tell, don't sell, and cover the smell will keep you fucking safe. You have to yeah. learn them. You have to follow them. You don't break them for any reason whatsoever. If you want to talk to somebody, you go to Percy's. And we'll all talk to you there because we'll do the same thing as you do. But, you know, yeah, and if you got extra weed and you're tempted to sell it, come to Percy's because we'll tell you how to make it into extract and you'll be able to enjoy that instead. Mm-hmm. You got extra? Yeah. Why not make some hash? There you go. See? Delicious. And make some edibles. So, yeah. Exactly. Home, extra homegrown is that's a, that's a great resource. Yeah. There's one more thing which I think we need to cover because uh, I just don't want to miss this off the list. Because some people might find a, a seed like in their bag of weed or get it off a friend or something. Now, you can potentially germinate that and grow something nice out of it, but it might just end up to be a waste of time. It could be hermaphrodite, a male plant. It could be shit genetics. You, you should really visit a good seed bank and have them delivered to you. Or you can come to Percy's and win competitions for free, and we'll send seeds out to people for free. So- I also always say in Canada, where I'm located, uh, as a Canadian, a eh, we're allowed to gift up to thirty grams of cannabis to each other, and one seed is equal to one gram. Just for anybody's information, that's in Canada. That's good. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. So anybody in Canada, you know, you can message TG up on the forum, up on his Twitter, <laughs> or go to templegrowing.com, and you can find him there. And, you know, yeah. he, he's got seeds. He just, he, but you, he'd want you to run a diary so he could see how the plant grew out. So. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but definitely, uh, I have multiple seeds. Multiple. <laughs> mm-hmm. So don't like be shy. Yeah, don't be yeah. shy, man. Yeah. We want to see everybody growing their own because all of us here, we all have experience doing it and we know this is how you get the best weed. This is how you get the safest access to weed because even buying it from legitimate places, like if you're in a legitimate market, there could be pesticides and mold on that. Well, you, see, you know, it's, it's just shitty because you pay more than you need to. And on that point specifically, just quickly, I bought some CBD isolate. This product right fucking here. You know how much? It's $49.99. Here in town, it's forty or $39.99 at a recreational store. So the medical is like more expensive. So when I found that out, I was like, 
I wasn't livid, but I was like, what the fuck? You know, like I only bought it for research purposes kind of thing. Cause like we make it at work, but it's just like, this is frustrating because I could have avoided this by just growing my own and not having to deal with fucking price matching shit across the goddamn city because I don't right. want to get, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, no offense, Marge. I know it's, <laughs> you know, dispensary, <laughs> but like, fuck is it? It's maddening, you know? Anyway. Yeah. Grow your own. Fuck. But follow the rules. Yes. Follow the rules. Sorry, sorry the, the, the three rules. The three rules, you know. The don't yeah. tell, don't tell. Yeah. Cover yeah, smell. Yeah. It's important. We will absolutely love it. That's the problem with growing, though. Growing is more addictive than the smoking. Mm-hmm. I mean, most growers that I, that I know, at least, feel you know, not complete if they, if they don't have something growing at, at that time. You mm-hmm. know, some kind of life in the tent. And every very day addictive. Is- Every day is a new is a school day when it's grown. Like I, I'm, I'm trying out new techniques. Every every plant I grow, I try a different growing technique with them nowadays to see what works best. Because I got very lazy and just kind of stuck to the same routine as such. It's nice to learn routines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, and the best advice we can give to anybody who's thinking who's thinking about doing this is fucking do it. Don't stop. You know, stop yeah. putting it off, man. Get started. Summer's coming. We're on the way back to the springtime now. So think about it, man. Get things set up and you can do an outdoor one. If you haven't got the resources to set up an indoor one just yet, you, it, you can do this shit, man. You can do it. There is help out there for you. There's friendly people who want you to grow your own shit as well. Yeah. Just because we enjoy seeing people make these plants for themselves, man, and seeing how fucking easy it is to get a better connection to nature all round, not just for cannabis. Well, there's just no no reason to have to worry about any of the things we worry about with legal weed or buying weed or otherwise. You know, we there's a good way to avoid all of that. I'm holding uh-huh. it right here. Go your own. I would even say if you don't have a place to grow indoors or outdoors, you might be able to find somewhere safe to do a good gorilla grow. Mm-hmm. You know, even do a couple of places. Yeah, but that's something we'll get to in the future as well, is how to gorilla grow when the time comes. You know, we give you yes, the instructions you need to it. find a good spot. And that's where you just go out to a random place that people don't go across very often, plant a seed and hope for the best. That's another possible scenario. You know, th- there's always ways to do this shit. And if you want to do it, just come to Percy's and say, I want to learn how to grow my own. What can I do? And we'll ask you the questions that are necessary and give you all the information you need. Because that's what we want, man. That's what we want everybody doing. You all need to experience this shit. But we should move on to the, the questions which we had this week. Yes. We had a couple of questions there which, which we should run through. We had one from Twisted, who's in the chat. What's up, Twisted? So the, since we're starting out fresh on Grow Guides, uh, when deciding to set up a grow, how can we ensure that outlets can safely supply the needed wattage for all the equipment involved and other tips on electrical safety since we be pouring feed water in the tent? Yes. Yeah, Cause this is an important factor as well, especially electrical safety, making sure that the, the plug sockets you're using can take the load, especially from grow lights. Cause that they can, they can be high wattage. TG has a great little um, contraption that in, um, measures the, the yeah. draw of your electrical output so that you will be right add them all up. Oh, he has it there. Look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. is the, the I, I don't know the brand. Yeah. If you just Google kilowatt, they have a bunch of different styles of this thing. But yeah, yeah. basically you see it. You can click on each of these buttons and it tells you 
your voltage that's coming in and the amps, you plug in your shit into there and it tells you how much is actually being drawn from the wall, mm -hmm. uh, how many watts that is, the power factor. And it also tells you, it records the kilowatt hours over time. So you can use it to calculate how much whatever's plugged into the wall nice. um, mm -hmm. is, is costing you. So, yeah. but to twist his question, yeah, you can use this mainly to uh, make sure you don't go over whatever your your circuit is rated for. Usually, fifteen hundred watts is kind of the standard here mm -hmm. in Canada. Yeah, a little different standard in the states, but yeah, similar. I always yeah. say try split it over if you can over a couple of things, and don't try not to leave. A lot of people will have an extension cord in a tent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, try try to keep it. At a safe height up above, so where it's not well, going any, to be, I've seen any electricals. A... Yeah, don't put any electricals on the ground because there will be spillage. You know, it happens, mm -hmm. man. Honestly, to the the least or the less distance you have from your wall socket, the better. So if you don't have these extension cords, don't because mm -hmm. the longer electricity has to run, the more resistance it has, and then the the less efficient it is, I guess, over time. Yeah, so yeah. you can. Uh, you can run into issues with that. You generally don't have extension cords that long, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, extension cords are you have to look at the ratings on your cords and things like that, but yeah, you know, true. I mean, first of all, if you don't have that kilowatt, like TG says, just do start off with some basic math. Every piece of your, your grow gear should have a wattage rating on it yeah. and just add it all up. And like TG said, 1500 is a good target. Most, most outlets in the US will handle 1500 watts. So that's a good target right there. If, you get, if you're over that, then you may want to get a meter on it or go something like that. The extension cords, if you have to use them, they should not be coiled because if you're coiling them, they're going to build heat and you could actually build a fire hazard by doing that. And like TG said, as short as possible for efficiency. Uh, I think oh, I, I knew the numbers. 14 gauge will pull something like 1,200 watts for 50 feet, but you don't even want to go that far for a grow tent. I say if you got to run an extension cord, try to keep it down to 10 feet or less would be my advice. You know, try and plug directly into a wall outlet. Mm -hmm. Like you guys said to split it up if you have to or if, yeah. if you're able yeah. to. Yeah. That's but yeah, done. you know, just make sure you don't exceed the wattage. Don't go anywhere near that, that top bit, man. And you shouldn't have to. It, no. You should be fine. Just with a small setup, you know, it's four by four with a, a light and, and the extractors yeah. and stuff, you should be okay. You won't exceed 1500 unless you've got some beast ass HPS. Yeah. But using standard equipment, you know, using just a, a good branded fans uh, and lights, you, you should Those, be fine, man. It's good shit. They get certified stuff, I would say. You yeah, know, yeah, ETL yeah, yeah. Certification yeah. or the CSA, if you're in Canada, all those ones, they're, they're there for a reason, you know, unless they're bootleg stickers or something. <laughs> <laughs> then we have one here, another question, because we'll, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Billy Bonds sent us in a question, and I'll sum it up because it was a bit long, but it's why is super soil called super soil? Is it different from living soil? That's more like one for you, that is TG. Sure. Uh, well, short answer is yes, they're different. Basically, in my opinion, a super soil is simply a medium like cocoa or like peat or something, you know, the, it doesn't have any nutrients in it, but it has everything else. So drainage and, and all that kind of bullshit. And then to make it a super soil, you're just adding in 
food essentially enough food generally to last uh the duration of whatever plant you're growing's life cycle in whatever pot you have it in um so for super soil uh doesn't necessarily need a microbial uh aspect to it definitely that helps because of obvious reasons in terms of out competing bad bacteria helping to make what's in there more available um giving off their uh exudate or eating the exudates in exchange for their shit basically so i remember i we spoke with tad hussey once and, and he was i don't know don't quote me on this because i don't know if this is actually what he said but i'm pretty sure he said like th that's kind of the idea he has of the super soil is the microbes are there just for in case they're needed whereas in a living soil to get into that is is absolutely uh dependent on the microbes eating stuff in the soil and then excreting their shit basically um through you know amoeba or nematodes eating the smaller things eating the small it's a, it's a big basically a big uh food web and through that food web at each stage the uh the microbes give off stuff that the plant eats so in that sense it's kind of self-sustaining as long mm -hmm. as you keep your microbial population happy and healthy whereas in super soil there is there is a an effective end to it when when the soil gets depleted you can re-amend it using like you know, the top dressing Gaia green things or the eco thrives or whatever. Um, whereas at living soil, you would re-amend it based on what's depleted at the point of harvest. You take a soil sample, you test it, you add a little bit back in to help the microbes basically uh, have like a full spectrum food again. And then, and then go from there. Cause I've heard like living soils you can use for years if you, if you keep them going, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, Basically, the soil sustains itself versus has a kind of a finite end to it with super soil because the bone meal and the blood meal and whatever else might be in there gets used up. Yeah. That's the way I look at it, at least, anyway. Yeah, man, I think that's pretty much it, really. That yeah. makes a lot of sense to me, too, the way you describe that. Yeah. Um, pretty eloquent I mean, I'm sure other, like, soil people have different definitions, um, but that yeah that's effectively how i think about it so then we got uh we have another one here from dr jitterbug he said uh thoughts on harvesting when you have mostly cloudy heads on the trichomes that is but still a decent number of clear ones uh, and also any tips on accelerating riper ripening in the last week or so i'm in a bit of a hurry to get them drying if you can't tell so well mm. Sorry, depend upon, that's what I'm going to say, depends upon the effect that you're really looking for from your crop, as far as if you want to harvest when you still have some clear heads in there. I know that occasionally my wife will ask me to do that because she prefers a little bit more of a, an up, uh, uplifting in a, a, I guess, a lighter high out of it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem. I would say if that's what you're into, cut them. What would you say, your GB, you want to say something? If they were mostly cloudy, if you were stuck for weed, I would. If I prefer to have mine around 20% uh, amber and everything cloudy, not just mostly cloudy mm -hmm. and more mm -hmm. into the amber stages for me. But that's that's me personally. But if if you're stuck for weed, go for it because it should be OK. And that's what you're going to buy it like anyway. Yeah, that's what it'd be like out the street. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, but I have comments after you're done gb 
Oh, um, I was going to say, if if it was me, I would give it another week to two weeks. If it's if you're at mostly cloudy, mm-hmm. that's that's me. But sorry, teach, go ahead, buddy. Uh, no, I just wanted to comment on the, the quickening of the maturation. In my experience, using the UV Shane's UV light, the micro UVB three ten. If you roast the living fuck out of your plant, it basically give it a sunburn. When I did my comparison, I noticed the plant under the UV definitely was a lot more amber tinged in terms of the, when I looked under the microscope too, it seemed like there was a higher percentage of trichome heads that were at this. And they, everything else was the same, you know, flowering time, growth oh, yeah. rate, all that shit. So maybe UV, I wouldn't recommend it because um, it, you get degradation, obviously too, if you're sunburning your plant. I did it because I accidentally had it too close. Um, so I would say maybe that, but that's just a, a quick thought that came into my head because it depends what you define as mat- mature trichome heads too, if you're just going by color uh, or something true, else. But, very mm-hmm. true. So on that point though, right now this, this weed that I'm harvesting is Charlotte's Angel CBD. Um, it also has trichome heads. And like Monkey was saying, you like it a little earlier so you can maybe get it a, a bit more of a heady kind of high versus the, the in, the, in you know, sedative kind of shit as, as it goes amber, right? So what happens when CBD, because we don't get those effects at all with CBD, right? In terms of the uppy clears as we move to amber, it's more sedative because CBD doesn't do that in the first place. But these trichomes still, there's lots of ambers on here. So I wonder like if that's actually a decent, like objective Ooh. way to measure. Which is, like, which is like a natural decarboxylation. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I don't know what that color is in there that's turning it orange. Cause I don't think CBN is I orange i don't know sometimes arguing that uh the colors of the trichomes didn't always indicate ripeness yes. and if you ask uh, swami he would say all you have to do is ask the plant if it's <laughs> yeah and that tends to be my method <laughs> yeah, Bas- yeah that's basically what i was I, I just looked at these trichomes i didn't cut them down because of the trichomes um and i don't I do what Frenchie does. You know, I basically just, uh, you just know when it's done kind of thing. Yeah, that I comes with experience though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's a really good question because that's what a lot of people use as a metric for doneness is the trichome heads. But like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah for I, me, for me so it's done when it smells done. You know, that yeah. pungency that comes from it when it's yeah. done, you know, that you just like one day you'll go in there and it'll be like, Ooh, I, I watch ready. the leaves a lot too. As soon as the leaves kind of start dying, plant goes into false senescence mode. There's like, mm-hmm. that's when I assume not only are the leaves dead, but the root system's probably dead too. You notice that the plants at the end of their life don't drink as much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They just, they're not doing what they were doing before. So at, at that point, I'm like, yeah, this is fucking the window. Yeah, so. you know you're close when the plant's telling you physically its leaves yeah maybe that's what swami means by talking to it you know yeah. like yeah. i don't know yeah maybe it, it, if actual. it doesn't reply it's dead inside <laughs> <laughs> are you fucking done are you done come on you done yet yeah, yeah. swami yelling at plants in the field i can't see that but no if it didn't be back out there like i'm sorry i shouted at you bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> swami's a cool guy so that's all the questions we have now. So that's just about everything for the Grow Guide section this week. Next week, uh, well, check in next week to find out what, what we covered next week. But 
it'll be another cool one with some cool questions if you have any questions out there anybody that you'd like to see us answer on next week's show then drop it over in the chat over at postiesgrowroom.com and of course anybody mm-hmm. who's learning how to grow and wants to start their own grow then come over to postiesgrowroom.com sign up it's all free ask questions you know get involved man and start growing your own it's easier than you think it is and anybody who is listening who also grows their own would agree with that entirely get stuck in so anything else to add on this grow guides then um how to uh how to prepare your first grow how to plan your first grow yeah pretty good don't don't rush it but don't don't overthink it either because mm. uh, yeah just do well, it. Said. well said yeah is that much i said just do it mm-hmm. yes learn on your feet uh, if you have to man at least you're doing something best way to learn mm-hmm. and it's very easy just follow them free rules, man. The free rules are important. Don't tell anybody. Don't sell to anybody. And cover the smell of the weed because it will stink very, very strong. It's Friday when you listen to this. So there'll be a session tonight. If you are around, come and listen to the session over on the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash high on homegrown will be there live. And if you join up to the mailing list, which has got a link in the description of the show, if you head into the description, click on the mailing list link and sign up there, you'll get the link for next week's live show, which is this recording uh, on a Sunday. So come and sign up to the mailing list as well. That's all in the description of the video or the, the show. Nice. I think that's it, everybody. Should we say goodbye? Should we say yeah. goodbye? Go on, folks. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Later. Yeah, bye bye. Uh, what right. do you say normally, uh, GB? Plan. 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 That's how I say slain. And there we go. Thanks for listening. That's the first of the Grow Guides done. Uh, next week, we'll be discussing the basic equipment for growing cannabis, whether it be indoors or outdoors, just so we can get a, a nice cover of what you're going to need at the very least and work our way up from there. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please leave a review on the podcast, uh, share on social media amongst your friends, or make sure that anybody you know who is interested in starting their own grow starts listening to this series because they might learn a thing or two along the way. Of course, if you have any questions, drop them over at postiesgrowroom.com or you can email us at highonhomegrown at gmail.com and give us any questions there. Thank you again for listening to the show and I hope we can catch you live at the session or come and catch us live on Sunday's show where we record the Grow Guides, the news and talk about the interview. It'll be a pleasure to see you there. But for now, that'll be it. We'll see you again on, well, either tonight on the session, on Sunday for the show or for the Cannabis News that gets released on Monday. So enjoy your weekend and we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye.